week's episode of the Abs Forum, we have mic issues. For some reason, the program, the same program I work, use every week and the same mics I work every week, not working today. So, doesn't sound the best, but uh, we'll make it work. <laughs> yeah, bear with us, guys, but... Uh... We're just yeah. uh, we're, we're, we're we're sharing a mic today, so it's been a bit of a more cozy episode, you might say. As always, we're brought to you by Seat Giant, uh, SeatGiant.ca. I should say. Use the promo code VHABSFORM to get five percent off on all your ticket purchases. That's right, guys. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, hit that like button, and uh, drop us a comment too if you're listening on SoundCloud. Don't forget to, to follow us on Twitter at VHABSFORM. And also follow us on our, uh, or like our Facebook page. And uh, speaking of Twitter, we had a good amount of participation this uh, this week with all the polls that you put up and all that. It's good to see. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the trade deadline is getting everyone excited. Uh, uh, I mean, you know, there's, there's so much excitement. I mean, we've already seen quite a few trades even just today. There's uh, obviously the big trade, maybe the biggest yeah. fish available is... Uh, Matt Duchesne. So uh, we'll get uh, more into the Shane trade uh, later, obviously, we're going to touch on the the. Not we're not only going to talk about the moves the Habs might make, but what other teams could do that would still affect the Habs, like Duchesne going to Columbus. Obviously, has an impact on the Canadians since they're going to be fighting for one of the same playoff spots as Columbus. Uh, also, since our last episode, there was a terrible road trip uh, in Nashville, Tampa Bay, and Florida, which. If we recorded on Monday, I think I would have been like, sell, 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 this team sucks. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> but, the thing, I mean, like, the, the standings are so close right now that I mean, you go on a two, three game losing streak and yeah. you find yourself out of the playoffs. Yeah. I don't think they can have another losing streak like that, three games. I'm getting a little worried that there seems to be a, a big difference between the Canadians at home and the Canadians on the road. You got a tough stretch coming up too now. Yeah, I exactly. Think like seven exactly. of the next eight games on the road, so... It's going to be tough, uh, I mean, but it's yeah, it's going to be make or break basically right now. And uh, so yeah, so let's touch a little bit on those games. 3-1 against Nashville. Um, actually had a work event, so didn't get to watch that game, but I watched the last Nashville game, and it was, uh, they kind of got dominated that game. Um, I'm thinking more of the same happened here. Yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a great game. It was just like last week, so I can't even forget it now. To be honest with you, but uh, yeah, it was I mean, it they, was a forgettable road trip in general. It's it's hard to watch those games sometimes. Yeah, they had a first uh, first two good periods, um, and then sort of in the third period, it all just sort of fell apart. But um, but yeah, I mean Nashville Nashville is always going to be a tough out. So well, they're so strong defensively. The, the game that I saw against Nashville uh, a few months ago. The thing that stood out to me is that they just understood the Habs game plan and knew how to stop it. Uh, then Saturday against Tampa Bay. Now that that was just a team that was like, I mean, obviously we're talking about the best team in the league, probably the the Lightning, but completely outclassed the Canadians. And it's it's a game like that that I like to point out as a reminder that we're not one piece away from winning the cup. It, it would be very hard for the Canadians to get a lot of traction in a seven game series against a team like Tampa Bay. Yeah, even definitely. if you added a piece. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I mean, they played pretty good in the first two periods. It was zero zero after the after after two, if I'm not mistaken, and then again, sort of fell apart there in the third period. But yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay is just so much better than everyone else. I mean, even way better than Toronto, in my opinion. I mean, they, yeah, they yeah. just got such such an amazing team. They're, they're so well constructed, and uh, yeah, the three goals for Tampa Bay were were all in the third. But it, it's still always a game that you could feel. You could tell watching the game that Tampa Bay was a better team, and maybe there were moments where the Canadians were playing well, but it never really felt like... I don't think Tampa Bay was ever nervous about losing that game. No, no, I mean, not necessarily, but I mean, definitely in the first two periods, the Canadians definitely held their own. I mean, Carey Price has been fantastic. Yeah. no, definitely. You know, definitely. He, I mean, he he is the, the big difference maker. I mean, we, early in, when, the, when the season started, we were talking about how it, the only way this team is going to do well... Is if Price is good, and then he had some rough stretches early in the year, but somehow the team was still winning. But now the team has become a little bit more the the version of the good Canadians that I thought were possible at the beginning of the year, which is a team that is primarily carried by Carey Price. Don't get me wrong; other players have been doing a good job too. The, the team overall has been pretty solid, but Carey Price has been the MVP the last months. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, since December even, I, I mean, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a, a better goalie than Carey Price. I mean, he's 
If the season started in December, he'd probably be the Vezina winner right now. Well, if you if you just look at his stats after Shea Weber came back, that alone, yeah. they're 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 amazing. So that that obviously also says a lot about Shea Weber. It says a lot about how terrible the Habs defense looks without Shea Weber because it's not a very deep. Uh, no, definitely after group, after you know? Weber and Petrie, and I guess you could say even Mete. I mean, it, it sort of goes downhill after that. Mete has been a pleasant surprise after his stint yeah. in, uh, in the AHL. Definitely. I mean, I not to say that the Canadians don't need a left-handed defenseman. They obviously do. But if no moves happen at the dr- trade deadline, I'd still be happy with with Mete playing next to Weber. I mean, it's 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 been a, it's been good. It's good for his progress to grow. I mean, obviously, he shouldn't be the number one left defenseman on any cup contending team. But he's been holding his own. He's been solid. Hey, definitely. I mean, he's definitely proved that he's a top four guy, at least at this point. Yeah. You know, we'll see. I mean, obviously, it's working right now. It's obviously probably not the long-term solution that you want. I mean, at some point, the Canadians, maybe be it at the trade deadline, maybe at the in the offseason, you know, they're going to have to find find a guy to play with, uh, with Weber, I think, over the long term. And, and Mete eventually is going to move down to the second pairing with Petrie. But, uh, See that I would love. That sounds like a fantastic exactly. second pairing, Petrie and Mete. There's there, there, there's a lot there. I, I still like seeing Mete playing next to a, a more of a safe, calming presence, which I think Petrie offers on a much smaller scale yeah. than than Shea Weber. Well, even last year when Weber was injured, I mean Petrie and Mete they they were really they played yeah. really well together. I mean, obviously the season didn't go very well, but I mean they. Despite the troubles that the Canadians had in general, they they were pretty decent. Well, I do think Mete has progressed tremendously, even since the beginning of this year. The the, the time he spent in the AHL is probably the best thing to come out of Laval this year, (laughs) considering (laughs) how bad uh, the the Rocket have been. But Mete took those minutes, and he he made something great out of it. It was was a good showing. Definitely. I mean, I think uh, sometimes, you know, a young guy, I mean, he's only 20 years old right now. So I mean, he, you yep. know, some of the time, the, the a young guy like that, especially when you're talking about a defenseman or even a goalie, I mean, they and just a small need to, defenseman. Exactly. I mean, they they need, just need to get a little bit more confidence, you know. And and I think that's what Laval did for him. And now, I mean, he seems super comfortable. And so moving forward, after that Tampa Bay loss, uh, it was probably the worst performance because yes, they were outclassed by Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay is an amazing team. So it, it had more to do to me with Tampa Bay at the end of the game being like. All right, let's win this, and they just had more skill than the Canadians. But giving six goals to Florida, losing six three. Now that's, I mean, obviously, Niemi had a hard time to start that game. Didn't didn't last very yeah. long. Yeah, I mean, definitely, and I, and I kind of expected it. I mean, they were, they they just had three straight tough games. They were playing Toronto, yeah. they played Nashville, they played uh, Tampa Bay, obviously, and then, and then coming in the back-to-back. Obviously, it didn't help that Niemi... And Barkov had a monster game. Oh, he, uh, he, he had to put a team on my back kind of game. Yeah. That I, I can't remember if it was his second or his third goal, but that that, that between-the-legs goal, that, that was an oh, absolute was beautiful goal. But, I mean, they still did, like, despite the fact that they, they obviously lost to a team that they, they should have been losing lose. to especially in this situation. This yeah, exactly. had, you know, it's a game that they had to win. But I mean, the way the Emmy started the game, obviously, I mean, they sort you know, they, they're right off the bat, they were down two yeah. nothing, three one, and they did battle back. So I mean, at least that showed yeah. a little bit of character. But I think if Price starts that game, it's probably a different story. The oh, yeah, way yeah. Price has been playing. Yeah. But what I did like to see uh, during that game, even though uh, Niemi had a rough start, I mean, it didn't work out, but. After they were down two nothing, and Niemi had one bad goal and one kind of tipped goal, and then Max Domi scores only a couple minutes after the second goal, and on the way back to the bench, he points to Niemi in a way of saying, "We got you." I thought that was a great moment. Unfortunately, like fifty seconds later, <laughs> Niemi led in another goal, so it kind of defeats the the whole the whole moment, and that's when he got he got pulled. But I love seeing that out of out of Max Domi. That 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 just shows first of all that they respect Niemi, even though he hasn't. Put up the best numbers. A lot of the backups' job is done at practice, and they do seem to like him. The, the group in general seems to be very close, so you love seeing that out of Max Domi for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Niemi at the beginning of the year played pretty decent hockey. I mean, he's had a couple of rough starts, especially yeah. lately. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if maybe the Canadians are going to be thinking about upgrading the the backup position at this point. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this team 
is not going to do anything without Carey Price. Yeah. So I don't think there's much of a point to make a big trade to upgrade from the backup. You're going towards a home stretch. If you're trying to make the playoffs, your $10 million goaltender is going to be playing back-to-back games. Yeah. Like, okay. I, I get early in the year, you don't want to burn him out too much, but I would expect going forward, Price to play 95% of the games. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean... Short, short of the Canadians locking in a, a, the, the, the playoffs, and then the, with two games to go, then okay, give them a few games off. But until the Canadians have clinched that playoff berth, I want Price playing every single game, and we know he can. Oh yeah, I mean for sure. I mean, uh, I mean he's probably not going to play all the games. He might, you know, uh, at a certain point, the Emmys might have to play a couple of games. They always have Lindgren and Laval as well. Yeah, it's not true. that he's that's been true. any better. He's been pretty awful this season, in my opinion. But yeah, if anything, hasn't McNiven been a bit better than him? Yeah, but I mean, Lindgren's definitely going to be the call-up. I mean, he's going to be the, the number one goal. Well, not the number one goal. He's going to be the backup goalie in, for the Canadians probably next year. Okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's just another option. I don't think they have to go out and get, a, get no, another I, I don't think so. But it is, man, looking at the stats for this year, 0.889 save percentage and a 3.75 goals against average. And if you were to look at the stats only in the last like 10 games or so, it'd probably be even worse than that. I mean, that's definitely not what you want to see out of your uh, your back. And what, what you especially don't want to see out of your backup goaltender is exactly what happened in Florida where Carey Price didn't even get a period off. Yeah, you can't. You can't you get. Know? If you're the backup goalie, you can't get pulled. See that, that that's I mean. the that, that's the big issue there. there even at, there's, I, it was an important game that you wanted to come back and win. But at the end of the day, part of me almost wished they just left Niemi in there to give Price a day off. They almost came back, so it could have been worth it. But now it's like Price didn't get his day off. No, so there was no point, and the Canadians still lost the game that they should have won. So it, it was it was really the war, absolute worst case scenario that that game against Florida. Yeah. Anyway, he's probably going to get uh, get a game very shortly. The Canadians have have three and three games the next four nights coming up. So probably going to see him see him on Tuesday. I would I, I would imagine. Uh. Well. Yeah. In Toronto, obviously on a Saturday, Price one hundred percent, and then in New Jersey, in Detroit. Uh. Yeah. I don't know which which game you give it because like you, you, the idea is always to give him the worst team, but like probably play Detroit. Yeah. But he did terrible against Florida. Florida's even. As bad as Detroit, anyways. I don't think Florida's as bad as Detroit. Detroit's, like, way down there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, there's only a five-point difference, but, yeah, Detroit, yeah, Detroit's pretty bad. Didn't we beat them, like, 8-3 really yeah, to three like, this yeah, year or something like that? Something, something <laughs> crazy. Yeah, Detroit's pretty bad, so maybe that's when you see him, and hopefully he bounces back in uh, in that game. But, yeah, that was the end of the rough road trip, but that's what I was saying. If, if, usually, if it wasn't for the trade deadline, we might have done our, our podcast on Monday, and I would have been... After that performance, like, I don't know. I mean, yeah. we're, we're oh, slipping true. out of the playoffs all of a sudden. Carolina's on a tear. Uh, but then, back-to-back wins against Columbus and Philadelphia, both uh, home games, and just great performances. Columbus is, is kind of at the same level as the Canadians right now. Definitely yeah. a good win. And that Philadelphia, they just, I don't know if Philadelphia's not the, the top team this year, but they absolutely dominated them. One of the most dominant performances of the year. Oh, for sure. I mean, well, first of all, I mean, the game against Columbus... Um, I mean, obviously Columbus is, was, I think they were like a point behind them. At that point, they were like three points behind them yeah, right now. Yeah, it was a very important game. But it was a huge game. You don't, I mean, the Canadians were up 2-0. to zero. You don't like to see them come back. Of course. But, again, I mean, they show the character to, after going, after giving up that two-goal lead, Thomas Tatar scores. Oh, for, Thomas Tatar, Jordy Ben with the Wayne Goretzky assist. That, that was the the most beautiful offensive play I think I've seen Jordy Ben. I mean, he had that three game stretch where he had like five points <laughs> earlier in the year, but that was uh, that was an amazing pass, a lot of patience. So it, it, it was it was definitely great to see. And Tatar keeps just putting up, you know, a very consistent yeah. amount of points. Oh, so he's playing great. He's finally got twenty goals now, on pace for I think like twenty eight goals or something like that. I was reading about how apparently, I mean, these are just rumors, but apparently at the draft last year. Uh, before the the patch ready Tatar and and uh, Suzuki trade, that uh, the, the the apparently the the Knights were essentially trying to give away Tatar, and no one wanted to take him, and now he's a twenty goal scorer again. Well, he was basically a throw in right for the Ma- in the Max Pacioretty trade, so I mean, might have even been negative value in the eyes of the of Vegas. Almost, yeah. But yeah, for I the Canadians, so. it's 
But uh, it, there'd be a great. hole. There'd be a hole there if it wasn't for Tatar. For I, mean, sure. was I mean, he was he was a candidate to to bounce back. I mean, we said this at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I thought he was going to bounce back. I thought he was going to be good at least for at least twenty goals, maybe twenty five, and and obviously he's he's met those expectations so far. But I mean, a good definitely a good win against Columbus, and then the game against Philadelphia. Obviously, Carter Hart had an awful start to the game, yeah. but the, uh, Philadelphia. Oh my God, they were so bad. Yeah, the defense was just so awful. I, mean, I think when your your goaltender kind of shits the bed early in the game like that, you often see a team you don't want to see out of, the, out of the team. And I love that you didn't really see that out of the Canadians mm-hmm. on Sunday necessarily. Not right away. They did try it first to come back, but Philadelphia just crumbled after those bad goals from Carter Hart. Yeah, but even like I mean the the goals they did score. I mean, obviously the third goal when. When Hart got pulled, that was an awful goal. But even like the first two goals, they did. They looked like goals that a goal NHL goalie should stop. But at the same time, the defense were backing up. They gave yeah. they gave the forwards a lot of room. I mean, right off the bat, they were awful. And I mean, yeah, Hart wasn't great. He probably could have stopped the, the the first two goals, but he was he got basically let out to dry there. Even even when Elliott came into the game, I mean, they weren't much better. No, definitely not. Um, what I love to see too, to go back quickly to Columbus. Paul Byron comes back from injury right away, gets a second goal. Such a difference maker on the team. He still remains one of the most underrated players, not only on the team, but in the in the whole league. I mean, a lot of Habs fans love him, but still when people are talking about lineups and with, with like if, if the team was fully like healthy, you, you always see people putting Byron on the fourth line. I mean, you if you look at the record, the Canadians with Paul Byron and without Paul Byron, he's a huge part of what makes this team click. He is. I mean, definitely. I mean, he, he just adds, I mean, you know, you have your first line, you know, with like guys like Domi and Goulet and Gallagher. You have your second line with guys like Tatar. Um, and, and, well, I guess, Le- no, not Lekin. Who's on the second line right now? <laughs> I'm trying to think right now. Dano. Dano, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, he adds that, that punch on the third line, you know, with guys like Shaw, with Kukaniemi. Well, he's a finisher is what it is. And yeah, the Canadians don't have a lot of finishers. He's not necessarily the guy that's going to have a million chances to score in a game, but he's going to finish on those chances. And what's been frustrating with how great Kukaniemi has been this year is that he does have chemistry with Armia and, and Lekkonen, but neither of them have been able to finish all year. Yeah. And it's just felt so often there's been so many moments where Kukaniemi – Beautiful setup, and they can't finish. Yeah. Right away, all of a sudden, he gets Paul Byron on his wing, and uh, he sc- he scores right away. Kakiemi gets two assists in that game. Next game against Philadelphia, he gets uh, he gets the second goal on an assist from Paul Byron. Maybe we have some chemistry there. Maybe that's a new 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 duo for the Canadians. I think that's. A, I mean, I think that's a pretty good third line right there. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, if you can you can put, uh, I mean, Byron, Kakiemi, and Shaw. Right there, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good third line, right? And, there. and you like Kakiemi to play with wingers that are defensively responsible. Not that he's bad defensively, no. uh, especially not for an eighteen-year-old. But still, you, you like to have that extra help on his on his wings. And like I said, just a finisher. I mean, Lekkinen. I, I don't. I, at some point, it's just. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think you, you know uh, I think we got to sort of come to the conclusion now that maybe he's just going to be a fourth liner. Yeah. I think he's a very good fourth liner. I mean, he's very good responsible. You know, he's extremely responsible defensively. He's a guy that can chip in with some goals every once in a while. I think he's a hell of a fourth liner. Is he a I third don't, liner? I don't disagree with that, but given the stats he has put up in some games, if we believe that he might actually be a fourth liner, do you not think it'd be worth it to, because there's been rumors of packaging him in a trade then. Because I think some teams are going to look at the 18 goals he scored in his rookie season, and maybe they're going to be like, okay, maybe he just needs to change the scenery, and we get some. If we could move Lekkonen, like we've talked about this before, but that Oli Mata tree that was rumored, a similar type of situation where a defenseman of similar age with a similar contract, just same kind of situation where maybe he's disappointing a little bit in the last few years, and just having one of those. They both need to change the scenery trades. That's exactly the type of move I'd like to see the Canadians make at the deadline. Yeah, I don't know. At this moment, like at the moment, I'd I'd like to I'd like to keep Lekkinen personally. I mean, we'll see. At least finish off the season. I mean, see how he finishes. <clears throat> I mean, I think he you know he, he could be a contributor in the in the uh, in the playoffs. Assuming the Canadians make the playoffs. Yeah. But I mean, even just for now, I mean, if you know, we'll see what he can do maybe on the fourth line, and then you know, come uh, come the off season, we'll see. You know, maybe maybe what's out there. Yeah, so so as of right now, if you look at the depth chart for the Canadians, assuming everyone's healthy, um, 
you got guys like okay, Drouin, Dano, Domi, Gallagher, Tatar. They're all penciled into the top six. Then you can add him Andrew Shaw, Paul Byron. It's kind of between Army and Lekkonen, who you have on the third line. On the third line or the fourth line? On the third line, instead of... Uh, if, you, if you look at the depth chart, that, 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 that's the two guys... Oh yeah, might yeah. Be yeah one of them is going to be on the third. One of them exactly, on the yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like Army has been really good the last little while. I, I think so too. He's been using his body. He's been he's been he's been a big presence. And there was there was that moment in overtime. I forget what game it was, and he just tossed the player off of him. He was really strong on the puck, and we, we need more players like that. And I don't see those moments as much from Lekkonen. And there was that moment with Lekkonen where, where there was the empty net. Against Columbus. Yeah, that could have cost, cost us the game. Yeah. Right there. That, like, what that what happened there? Did he just not <laughs> want to break out of his slump with an empty net? Or is he that low confidence that he didn't think he could hit an empty net? Yeah, that, that was definitely a bad move. I mean, that, you know, I understand if maybe if you're up by two, you know, you want to give the goal to maybe the way for whatever reason or. But if anything, Lekkonen is the one that everyone on the team, the only player on the team that we would, that probably he, it would have been justified to make that pass, would have been Mete. (laughs) (laughs) You really want to score your first NHL goal in an empty net? I I think if you ask Victor Mete right now, he doesn't care. He just wants to get a goal. Because like, it's not like he's ever going to be a big goal scorer in the NHL, I don't think, Mete. No. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) you'd like to see him just get, just get a one in the, in the column, you know? Yeah, I mean, hopefully one day he's gonna score. I'd... But but that Lekkonen move there was mind boggling. Yeah. yeah, that was bad. Cause, I mean, like I said, the, and they came back the other way and nearly oh, scored. Definitely. definitely. So that, that was definitely a bad move. But um, yeah, that's that's why I think, man, if if we could maybe go out and get a guy, we can move Lekkonen and Armia down to the fourth line, playing with Nate Thompson. Okay, but how are you gonna get that guy then? Who are you moving to get that guy? Because let's well, say, let's say we go get a like. The the, the the few like defensemen that I've heard in talks that could be interesting are the 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 wild guys like uh, Scandella. Well, Scandella, yeah, he used to play with the Wild. He's with Buffalo now. But, uh, but the, yeah, the other Jonas one, Brodeen. Brodeen, that's yeah. what I was thinking of. So like that's uh, isn't Lekkonen a guy that you would move in that trade? Uh, I mean, yeah, he could he could be a guy that you're potentially looking to move. Um, because you're not you're not gonna get Brodine if you don't move a piece. No, no, that's true. I don't know that the Canadians are really gonna be looking for a left left defenseman at the deadline. I think it's more the sort of thing that they're gonna be looking in the off season. I mean, I don't think they would want to go for a rental. I mean, what's what's Brodine's contract looking at? Uh, I, I think he has a few years left, like at least two or three years left. But uh, I mean, one guy um, on on Twitter. Uh, one of the guys, uh, J.D. Lagrange, I have no idea, probably not the way to pronounce his name, but anyway, he suggested Gustav Nyquist. And another one of our listeners, uh, Mathieu Saint-Jean, suggested that we that we talk about Nyquist as well. And I think Nyquist would be a really good pickup. I mean, he's a guy that, he's played with Tatar in the past, apparently they're really good friends, they've had success together. And I think adding another winger, and then you push Army and and uh, and Lekinen. Uh, Lekinen down to the fourth line, and then you have four four lines that can really can compete and score some I mean, goals. Army and Lekinen, I don't mind. On, it, it makes a lot of sense to be on, on a good fourth line because they're they're not useless offensively. Although Lekinen can score right now, and they're both reliable defensively. But what okay? So what are you moving? What what, what do you think the 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 price is for Nyquist? Are you thinking it's just like picks or something like that? Well, I mean that's that's what I I would hope. I mean I think uh, Nyquist probably has less of a less of a a price tag than some of the other targets. I would say like you know like guys like like uh, Kreider for example or Kevin Hayes or Matthew yeah. Carello. You know, I think Nyquist probably has less less demand. So I mean you know if we could maybe get him for like. You know, like a third and a fifth or something. Uh, no way. I feel like Nyquist is going to get a li- at least a second. And I don't think I'm willing to move a second for a guy like Nyquist. I don't think, I don't think that's a real need. Because I think I like Nyquist, and I get the idea of adding Nyquist to the op- offensive depth chart. That's a move I like to make if you're a team that is already a top contender. And you can add a Nyquist to move an army and like it on the fourth line. And then that really makes you like deep everywhere. It's not a, that, it's not a move that makes sense to me. For where the Canadians are right now, 
It has to, it has to be at the right price, obviously. Of, of course, I, I like any trade, but even at the right price, I, I don't really see what the unless they're basically giving him away for picks that I don't we don't need. It, it just doesn't make sense to add an Iquist. Like what? What? I don't see the purpose. The the the, the we had a, a, an obvious problem on the fourth line, and I think that has been addressed to some degree. I mean, Weiss obviously isn't what he used to be. I mean, he scored in uh, in Laval. I mean, who knows? And we've seen him step it up in the playoffs. We know he'll give it his all, so we'll get everything he has to give. Uh, but Thompson has been great on the faceoff circle. Has been solid, uh, a solid fourth line guy. What you want to look for in a fourth line guy? So the fourth line is kind of. I'm okay with the fourth line right now. The problem is the left D. Yeah, I mean, but again, I don't think the options are really going to be out there. At least not at this point. One guy that I would really be interested in. And a guy that I'd really love the Canadians to sign in the offseason. I'm sure we've talked about this before, is Alex Edler. It does, however, look like he's, he's gonna... always injured. <laughs> he's I mean So you're telling me for the same price all, for yeah, the same has, price he has missed a lot you of would take Edler over Jake Gardner. Yes. That is ridiculous. Absolutely. That is ridiculous. <laughs> you are so wrong about that. Dude, there's okay. There's a lot to there's a lot to be said about like if if the fans hate a no player, he's, no that's not true he's just a whipping boy the fans hated Coyve at the end of his career in, in Montreal which I think we both agree is ridiculous well yeah but I, I don't not to the point that Gardner gets not not to the point that the hate that Gardner gets he's just a whipping boy for for simple minded Leafs fans that don't understand the game of hockey to be clear I'm not saying all these fans are like that but the ones that hate on Gardner for no reason are like that yeah, when you go on Twitter there's not very very few, if any, people that defend Gardner. So it's not like like a guy like like obviously like Koivu, like, like you know. I mean, yes, there were yes, Koivu like was more of a divide. A lot of people that divide that, that, that were defending him. I mean, if you, if you if you look at the guys that that take a deeper look and the, the actual like the advanced stats guys and all that, I think I, you see a lot of guys that do defend uh, Gardner. I think I think Gardner, I would take him over Edler for sure, for the injury concerns alone. He's also I'm ninety percent sure significantly younger than. Than uh, than Edler. Yeah, Edler I think is thirty two and uh, Gardner's twenty seven, but I don't know. Edler to me is 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 a top two defenseman. Look, I Gardner's agree. Not. I love Edler. I think Edler is a great defenseman. He can't stay healthy. And, and the worst thing we can do is just to give a. Because let's be honest, when it comes to free agency, you're gonna overpay. You always overpay in free agency. There's never been a situation. <laughs> Like <laughs> where you don't overpay in free agency, it's very very rare, and the last thing you want to do is to overpay for someone who's on the wrong side of thirty, and is injury prone. Yeah, I mean it's true. Anyway, I don't think it's going to be it's 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 relevant to talk saying, about it anymore because anyway, it looks like he's going to sign with Vancouver. You put Garner like next to Shea Weber, <laughs> and I think that's an amazing know. duo. That's an amazing know. duo. I don't know. I, I, I'm not touching Jake Gardner, that's for sure. We'll no one's see. asking you to touch him, you pervert, okay? <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see who's available in the offseason, but no, Gardner's not my guy. Uh, I, I'd like a guy like uh, like a like a Brodeen or something like that. That, 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 that I do like a move. Uh. Scandella, too. I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, a lot of people talk about Cam Fowler, but I mean, I think that's going to be super expensive. That's the thing. I would love Cam Fowler, but I don't think the price is uh, is worth it. If, to get Cam Fowler for the right price, I'd love that move yeah. for sure. I think, yes. Uh, Brodine, I think, too, is pro- would probably be pretty expensive, but I think Scandella may be a guy that uh, he's got a few years left on his contract. I think he's a little bit overpaid. Um, but I think he could be a good option. But again, I don't think this is a problem that the Canadians are going to resolve in the next three days. No, probably because this is a long-term problem, right? Yeah. This is a the problem you, uh, yeah. So, I mean, what what are the Canadians going to do with the, the trade deadline? Are they really going to do anything? Probably not. I don't think they're really going to add, add any assets. I think they've made their moves. I think they made their moves were to sure up that fourth line without yeah. giving up too many assets, right? There, it, it was the it was a whole. An obvious hole that was easily fixed without giving up future assets, which they did. I, th- I think Bergeron made a great job in that aspect. And the other major hole is what we just talked about is lefty. And I agree with what you're saying. It, that's going to be a much more, one, complicated and two, expensive thing to fix. So unless some magical trade, like all of a sudden Anaheim is panicking and want to move Cam Fowler, uh, yeah. and uh, the, then yes, you do that. But... 
Uh, it's probably not happening uh, this year, but it, it's still the trade deadline. If you're a Habs fan, is still very important because the Canadians are fighting for a playoff spot against teams that might be more willing to make a move to ensure they make the playoffs. Just like we saw with Columbus and Matt Duchesne. Yeah, if the, if the Canadians do make any moves, probably. It, I mean, first of all, I mean, there's a lot of talk about them moving Lekkinen, First of all, and I know one of our listeners um, brought, suggested us talking about Lekkinen. I don't. I definitely don't think they're going to move Lekkinen. Um, the guy's name, by the way, Mike Emanuel, I think. But um, there's a lot of talk about Le- sort of a Lekkinen for Burakovsky trade. I don't think that's. I, I, I don't see why we would go get Burakovsky. I feel like he's. We already have a million players like him. Lekkinen's yeah. good defensively. Obviously, Burakovsky has more potential offensively, but I mean. No, I agree with you there. I don't see the. The, 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 the Lekkinen moving Lekkinen thing, the, the situation where, to me, it makes sense is if it's to fix the lefty. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, yeah, it, yeah it, sort of like the Ole Matt. I, I, I don't, wouldn't really like Ole Matt. I don't, I don't necessarily like him either. I'm just, I just, I just like using it as an example of the yeah, type same of sort of, like yeah, do. same sort yeah. of idea. I mean, potentially, um, but like you just, said, that might be more of an off-season trade. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, one, one of the polls that we did was, is Charles Ludon going to be moved? Sixty-five percent of people said yes. It's gonna be interesting. We'll see. We'll see. If the, I, so I agree with you. I don't think the Canadians are gonna make a move. But if they do make a move, that's the kind of move I can see them making. Yeah. Moving you don't for another piece. It's uh, maybe a, just a, like a, one of those trades where it's like another guy that, that's exactly that under un, yeah. underperforming. Yeah. And, You're gonna you know. get the same kind of guy. Yeah. Maybe a four. Maybe you know you get another another defenseman possibly. I mean, so that's that's definitely yeah. a move that it's, you could. It's could a type see. of trade often fans on both sides get excited about because they're like, oh, we got rid of the disappointing guy. Oh, exactly. maybe we can turn this guy around. Usually turns into nothing. Sometimes <laughs> one of the two teams sure. gets lucky and the, that the guy it's exactly what he needed to change the scenery. So it's it's worth making that trade, but it's kind of a it's like a crapshoot, right? You never know what you're gonna get. No, for sure. But I mean, uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe if if they're not comfortable with Niemi, maybe they try to move Udon for you know, like an AHL goalie, that may, younger goalie that maybe they think has maybe a little bit of potential. In uh, well, recently the, a lot of the Habs uh, Habs brass was. At an AHL game between the Iowa Wild and the Chicago Wolves, which is a Las Vegas team, yeah. so I mean, you know, potentially maybe that's you know, what, I think the Wild have actually and actually both teams I think were linked to, to Houdon. So I mean, potentially if they could get uh, get a D man or, or even a goalie, yeah, Oscar. I'm, I'm sure there's two teams interested in, in Houdon. Yeah. Like, no, he, he, he's got he's got potential, but uh, yeah, I could see that that move happening. And uh, yeah, I heard about the the, the scouts being there, so. Yeah, something like a, a, more of a sideways trade like that. That's really not going to impact uh, this year uh, that much. But uh, but yeah, just uh, like I was saying before about the the our rivals or are the teams we're going against. They're going to be making moves, which is worth paying attention to because this Columbus move that happened today, them going to get Matt Duchesne and giving giving nothing away that impacts their team right now. So they they regardless of what you how we feel about Duchesne, they definitely got better. And they're a team that is in the, the spot just outside the playoffs that could easily surpass the Canadians and be the team that makes them miss the playoffs. First of all, like who do you think won that trade? Definitely the Blue Jackets. Easy. I mean, uh, the, I mean they, they, they really didn't give... I mean, obviously they gave up a first-round pick. If they re-signed them, they're giving up a second first-round pick. But in my opinion, I mean, for everything that Ottawa gave away to get Duchesne... They had to get at least. Okay, but that's not what we're talking prospect. about. That's not what we're talking about. I get that what they gave away yeah. for Duchesne was super stupid. It was. <laughs> <laughs> and if we look at the trade in that sense, yes, Ottawa are losers. But if we just look at this trade in, in a vacuum, just this specific trade, I don't know if Columbus made a smart move here because they could easily miss the playoffs. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's another thing. I mean, they're clearly going all in here. And we talked about this before. Would you have made the exact same trade if you to go get Duchesne as the Canadians? No, definitely. Well, not. Columbus and Montreal pretty much in the no, same situation. No, no, it's true. Well, I mean, so I mean they have Pan. Well, yeah, I guess. But I mean they have Panarin and Bobrovsky. Yeah. That I mean seem all but out the door at yeah. this point. Yeah, so. in that sense, it's different. Yeah, they, they and also we have to consider the different markets. Where in Columbus, they it's always important for them. Yeah. So one one good playoff series. They go seven games against a Tampa Bay and almost beat them, you know. Yeah. 
that alone would be huge. It would be huge for Tampa Bay. No, exactly. It is definitely something to, to, to consider as well. But I mean, clearly they're going all in. I mean, I, I don't know if maybe they're 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 hoping that by bringing Duchesne, maybe they're going to re-sign him. That's going to entice Panarin and and Bobrovsky to stay. I okay, mean, so let, let me ask you that. There's a conditional pick. If Columbus ends up re-signing Duchesne, hypothetically, mm-hmm. then do you think Ottawa made a good trade? I mean, it's, it's definitely more interesting. It's two first-round picks, but and, but I mean, like, again, that's, Columbus, that's not, something that's, not something that's guaranteed. Uh, no, I agree. I agree. But if, if that happens, I, I just think I just don't think there was look. First one to hate on Ottawa. <laughs> I also love making fun of all the bad moves they've made. But I think given their situation now, they had to move Duchesne because it's a sinking ship, and I don't see why any free agent would resign in Ottawa. No, they abs- they absolutely have to. Exactly. I mean, of so do you really think there was that much more available out there than what they got? I mean, obviously there wasn't more, or at least there probably wasn't more out there at this point. I mean, I think they've Dorian showed in the past that he doesn't want to trade in his own division. Were there? Other... I hate that. I that's so dumb. Well, yeah, especially when you're talking about a rental. I mean, it's one thing if you're talking it, yeah, about trading exactly. like a young guy. Yeah. But I mean, so potentially maybe a team like Toronto, or I mean. I don't know, probably not the Canadians. Maybe the Canadians offered something, but, you know, maybe one of the other teams in division offered more. But, I mean, you know, we're Friday right now. I mean, they have three more days to make a deal. Could they have got something better on Monday? Probably. I, I can't see maybe. them getting something maybe. worse than what they maybe. And You made a good argument before we, we went on that arguably uh, Muzzin had a better return. Absolutely. I mean, the fo- uh, I forget what the hell the guy, the forward's name is. I think it's Oscar Lindbergh. He, I mean, this it's a guy like they could. It's very, very close to being NHL ready. Sean Dursey is a really good defensive prospect playing with the Guelph so Storm uh, right now. Carl Grunstrom. Carl Grunstrom. Yeah. But yeah, by all accounts, I, I really don't know. The, the big difference you, he's is close to being in the NHL. Is the the, the f- probably you never know, but probably. The, the Toronto first rounder is going to be worse yeah. well, than, that, that's, than that's, the one that they got from uh, from Columbus. Columbus could miss the playoffs, like we said. It could, it could turn into a lottery pick all of a yeah. sudden. You know? No, it's, it's true. But, I mean, they got the two um, uh, I mean the two prospects again. I mean, these are B prospects. And Abramov and, and Davidson, I mean, there's not no guarantee that either one of them are going to be long, like, long-term NHL uh, We're talking prospects. There's never any guarantee. I mean, you, you, you never know. The, the, the prospects they got may turn out better than the prospects. Uh, that uh, LA guy could you know? be, so. but again, I mean, uh, in my opinion, they should have got an A. They they needed to get an A prospect after everything they gave up. I, I see that train of thought. It, it's hard to be happy as an Ottawa fan. First of all, they should have done, done everything they can to re-sign both him and Mark Stone, and it just sounds like it's it's just such a shit show in Ottawa. And like we've said many times before, it's. It's funny, but it's almost getting sad uh, <laughs> at this point. Sad for the fans, for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely the, the the few fans that 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 must <laughs> must remain. Uh, but so 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 for Columbus, how much of a push do you think that's going to make for them? Adding Duchesne to that team. I mean, it's it's definitely going to make a big difference. I mean, basically they added, I would argue the the biggest piece really. I mean, the biggest guy that was on the on the trade bait board. I mean, Duchesne's definitely going to uh, give them probably. I don't see game. who could no. I mean, now the the first the, if you look at just the the the, the trade center um, trade bait list on TSN, the top the top one's Mark Stone. Actually, the second one is is Panarin. Yeah. But get like, <clears throat> they can't be moving Panarin. No, there's no way they're they're going to move Panarin and Bobrovsky now. I mean, they're Yarmo um, Kekalainen, and the GM said. Said the same thing. He basically said that you know, unless we're absolutely blown away with uh, with an offer, I mean, there's no way. Well, and it doesn't make sense, right? They've established well, no. now that they're going for it, so it would be ridiculous to trade a rental for another rental. So, like, I, I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, Duchenne is probably the biggest piece. Like I like I mentioned before, we 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 started recording. What would be hilarious, obviously. I mean, la, la, or not last year, but in the off season. They traded away Hoffman. Yeah, <laughs> Hoffman got got flipped. That'd be hilarious if, if Duchesne got flipped. Yeah, which which is which is why then Carlson traded to San Jose, the same team that flipped Hoffman. There was the clause that if they did the same yeah. thing, they'd get another first round pick. That'd be hilarious. Wh- which to me was such a sign of a GM 
in over the, his head. Exactly. Oh exactly. God. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so the the other pieces that are on, on the top of the trade board now number three on the TSN trade board, and I think this player has become so overrated, is Wayne Simmons. He's and getting older now. He's not the that's same the guy. Thing. He, he he was great, like in his prime, like a few hundred percent, two three years and ago. He's but. not even that old. He's thirty, but he's an old thirty. He's one of yeah. the the way he plays, the reality of the way how he plays the game is that he just basically he's turned into what, what a lot of us are scared might happen to Gallagher <laughs> because of the way he plays, right? So so far it hasn't happened. Like knock on wood, but Wayne Simmons is just. And on Twitter, there was a lot of people talking about how he's exactly the player they'd want. Yes, I agree with you three years ago. but Somebody no. is going to crazily, like... Oh, he's this offseason. You talk about free agency? He's this season. Well, free agency, but even even now. Even now. He's going to get picked now. up. Somebody's going to give up like a first and a prospect well, for him. No way. And in free agency, he's going to be this year's Milan Lucic. Oh, yeah. That's it. That, that, it's... It's exactly like Milan Lucic to me. This this situation. Yeah, yeah. Simmons day. Yeah, he's he's gonna be moved somewhere, and yeah, whatever team gets him is is gonna regret it, in my opinion. Uh, another very relevant to the Canadian. Well, not as much. I mean, I don't think we're gonna catch up to. Let me see the standings here. Uh, Boston is seven points out of the Canadian, so we probably wouldn't catch up to Boston, anyways. But. Wayne got Charlie Coyle. That's a solid pickup for Boston, for sure. It's definitely a good player, but I mean, giving up on Donato. Yeah, I mean, that that's that was a big yeah. surprise. The for Wild me. got a good that got a good prospect. He was like, well, I know I know Coyle's also a hometown boy, but I mean, Donato is a hometown guy. He's still young. I think he's twenty two or maybe twenty three right now. Had it was struggling obviously this year, but I mean, he was crazy last year. He had something like twenty or like fifteen points in like eighteen games or something like that. So I mean. I don't know. It was kind of weird to, to give up on him, but obviously, I mean, you had to give up something to go out and get Coyle. The Bruins have been playing really good as of late, so I mean, they're they're going to be definitely a contender to. Unfortunately, I mean, as uh, there's a lot of talk about the potential uh, Leafs and Canadians in the playoffs for the first time in forever. Yeah. But uh, hey, g- growing up in the generation we grew up, there was no better series than the Habs versus the Bruins. That could be exciting. Uh, it would be one. great to upset the Bruins once again. <laughs> Either yeah, either one would be would be awesome. But yeah, the Boston Boston are gonna be are gonna be tough. And Donato actually, I, I thought I saw this. He got two assists in his first game playing for uh oh, for, for, for the Wild. So I'm that. sure I'm sure they're gonna love having Donato. I mean, he's a, he's a really talented player. And as far as Boston goes, I wouldn't he be looks surprised. like he's from Boston. He looks like he gets into bar fights in Boston <laughs> bars. Well, his dad played. Uh, it was like a long time Boston Bruin, Ted Donato. Okay. Oh yeah. And, and um. Uh, but I wouldn't be even surprised if maybe they went out and made another move as well. I mean, some of the guys with the Rangers are available. Guys like Kreider, uh, Kevin Hayes, Matt Zuccarello, guys that you know, and even Mike Hoffman with the, with Florida. I mean, a bunch of guys that are still available. Florida, and the thing with Florida. Coyle too, he's not a free agent at the end of the year. He has one more no, year exactly. at three point two million. And I think he's that's just twenty six years yeah. old. You that's know? why they were comfortable. I think giving yeah, up Denato. exactly. I and mean, since he's a hometown guy, you're hoping that. He's gonna love playing in, in Boston. Wants to resign. So if he ends up resigning in Boston, that I mean, Donato hurts. But like, basically, Donato is you're hoping turns into a Charlie Coyle. Yeah, he's a big guy too. I mean, it seems like kind of like a Boston. He's like the typical Boston player. Yeah. I find, like Charlie Coyle. And looking at Boston, if you I'm just looking at their cap friendly right now, their top paid guys get Krejci thirty two, Bergeron thirty three, uh, Marchand thirty. Back is thirty four. I mean, they're 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 at, at the point in the way their team is built. All those players have a lot of years left. They're probably going to get on the decline. It, it makes sense for them to make moves like that to try to get better today. Yeah, they do have a lot of good young guys as well. I mean, Pasternak's one of the best young players in the NHL, really. Definitely. You know, guys like Jake DeBrusque is really good as well. I mean, they got they got some other guys coming up. I mean, Boston, they're going to be good for a while, but definitely, like you mentioned, I mean, I don't know. I think they might, they might fall in the cap era, having all those highly paid players. It might be hard for them to to, to, to juggle that when it comes to playing to, to paying players like mm-hmm. uh, like a Pasternak, you know, who's actually on the IR. Oh, actually, he's already got his uh, his contract. That Pasternak at six point six, which is a ridiculous contract. Yeah. Amazing, <laughs> like yeah. man, probably one of the best contracts in the NHL. Yeah, that's Pasternak. He's only six, He's only twenty-two, Pasternak. Yep. I thought he was older than that. Wow. Yeah, that's a really amazing young player. Yeah. Yep. He was drafted, I think, the pick before Sherbeck. 
That's close. (laughs) That's pretty close. Uh, all right, so who else? Uh, who else is interesting here on the on the trade block? Uh, I mean, there's, you mentioned it a little bit, Zuccarello, uh, Kevin Hayes. Yeah, Kevin Hayes. I mean, um, obviously Ottawa is going to be an exciting team to watch. I mean, you got Mark Stone, you got Ryan Zingle. As well. it, it's sad when your team is a seller. And the most exciting time of the year as a fan is the trade deadline. There's it's nothing ca- else. I don't know. It's kind of I do I do kind of enjoy like the the te- the years the Canadians have been bad. Like it, it's year, kind of exciting. Yeah. Like to yeah. see who the, who they're gonna go out and get. It's not as exciting when your GM is Pierre Dorian, though. That is true. That <laughs> it's is true. very stressful when your GM is Pierre. And they have to. Yeah, I mean, anyway, they, they they had three big guys. I mean, they got Stone. Zingle could could get them a good return as well. I could see Stone getting should. a really good return because he's a goal scorer, and goal scorers go for a premium. Yeah, so, yeah. They, hopefully, they get something really good. Uh, hopefully, an A prospect, not not like they did with uh, with Duchesne, but. Um, but I mean, we'll see, I mean we'll if they see. get a similar return than they got for Duchesne for Stone, that's a lot of assets they've added. And sure, maybe it's B prospects, but if the more you have, the better chance you have of one hitting, you know? No, that's true. But, um, yeah, I mean, if they can get a couple of picks, too, I mean, obviously they don't have their own first rounder this year. But, I mean, they do have something like, uh, I think it's over the next three years, in the first three rounds, they have something like... Thirteen picks or something like that. I forgot. Somebody posted it on Twitter, but they have a lot of picks coming up in the in the. Yeah, but then they're gonna fuck up those picks. So who cares, really? <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, you, they they need to change the ownership. Have, yeah, I mean, they need to change in ownership. They need a new GM. I mean, the whole team, the whole organization is a clusterfuck, basically. I, I'm interested to see what uh, Carolina is gonna do because. There was a lot of rumors around Dougie Hamilton and Furlan. They're, they're 13 and 14 on the TSN trade bait list, but all of a sudden they've been on the tear lately, and they're sitting in the last spot of the playoffs, so they're probably not going to be sellers, you don't think? No, I think they're going to be like Carolina, basically. You know, they're going to try to add a piece. You know, I mean, they... You think, you think Carolina's going to be like Carolina? I meant Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> so they're sort of like... You know, right see, on the fridge of the playoffs. See, this right is what now. scares me about this deadline for the Canadians. I think the Canadians are in a different place in Carolina and Columbus, where they they want to just see what they can do with the team they have now. Columbus already added a big piece, and if Carolina does the same thing, because basically right now it's a three three teams going for two spots. Well, there's Pittsburgh too in there, right? I think it's like four four teams going for two spots. Basically, yeah, but Pittsburgh. I mean, do you think Pittsburgh's going to miss the playoffs? Really, yeah, I never know with their goaltending. I mean, uh, goaltending's been pretty suspect. But, yeah, I think they're going to do the same thing. I mean, they're, they're sort of like on this... I mean, after so many years of having, like, zero attendance, they're sort of like on this high now with that whole thing. Yeah, they're celebrating. I can't believe people... Well, people, like in Don Cherry. <laughs> like, hating... I love that. Really? I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> I, I really don't like if it. If you're the Canadians, it doesn't make sense to do something like that. But for a market like, like Carolina, yeah. it's, it's... Okay, no, forget it's sports are about having fun. Yeah, you, you, but that shit you is gotta, fun. You gotta do what you gotta do. To and they, and they only do it. The they only they only do it during wins. And they they did the, they did the one baseball one. And then the the player I forget who was the one at bat, but he did the what looked like the Bautista bat flip. Yeah, the bat flip. That I mean that was that's yeah. that's just fun. And the, and those those markets they need to target the kids. No, it's true. That's who they need yeah. to. They, that's how you build a fan base. And the kids I'm sure are loving it. And then ten years down the line, those kids. Have podcasts about their favorite hockey team, you know. <laughs> so we're gonna have competition down the road, but um, only in Carolina. But no, I mean, I, I'm not a fan of it personally, but I, I definitely understand it. But you're not a fan of it for, if the Canadians were to do that. Yeah, I'm not gonna watch Carolina do it. No, I'm not gonna. I don't watch them do it, but I don't, I don't think it's, it's a big deal that they're, no, doing, no, they're not disrespecting the game of no, hockey no, and stupid. some nonsense like that. No, and it's about having fun. Man. Who gives a fuck? No, no, that's true. But. Again, I'm not a fan of it, but I, I understand. Yeah, because you don't like change. You're I you're don't. you're a young Don Cherry, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I think that's that that about covers it. Is there any other names? There's uh, Capitals went and got Haglin. Uh, solid depth move for them. They got uh, Haglin. They also got Nick Jensen, which is um, I mean a solid defenseman. It did gave up a little much, but I mean, and it looked initially like they gave up a lot. I mean, they gave up a second round pick. They also gave up. And Madison not, not, Bowie. Yeah, Madison Bowie. Not a bad defenseman. A guy, the guy that I kind of like. But they they ended up re-signing him to a four-year, mm-hmm. uh, $10 million contract, 2.5 per so year. So that makes a big difference. Right so I mean, that obviously makes a huge difference. 
but I mean, yeah, I mean, little little additions like that is, I, I think, you know, the sort of thing that that could potentially put them over the top. You gotta know, think he's back really to excited back. Eh, to go from Detroit to Washington. Oh, <laughs> definitely, definitely. But I mean. And some people, and I thought this, and, and some people said it on Twitter too, like af, after you know they gave up that for Jensen, well, if Jensen's getting that, what could we get for Jordy Ben? But Jordy Ben's have been amazing the last, yeah. last little while, last few weeks. So, I mean, that could be, I don't think hey, that's, that's going to happen. Jordy Ben, yeah. yeah. I don't think that's, that's going to happen in the end. But another thing I forgot to, completely forgot to mention, but I think a good move for the Habs, and we talked about it a little bit before, would be to go because Tampa Bay is right up against the salary cap. Oh yes, think yeah. potentially they would want to add a piece, even though they probably don't need to add a piece. Like the Army move, how uh... exactly? Go go get um, Ryan Callahan's contract. He's got an, another year next year, or another year on his contract next year. Man, if we could get like a prospect, like they got two two pretty good prospects in Taylor Radish and uh, and Cal or yeah Cal Foot Cal Foot. Or Calfoot, if we could get one of those two, I mean that'd be great. Maybe throw in a pick as well. You basically need a three-way trade there. You need Tampa Bay to have interest in another player that they can they can go get, but they 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 need cap room basically, <laughs> right? Because they're they're obviously win now, Tampa Bay. Uh, so if if something like that happens where they're trying trying to go get a, an, an extra piece, but they can't fit him under the cap uh, because of a guy like Callahan. And then, then that's when you can strong arm them a little bit and get a solid return. You exactly. know, even well, if it was he's like a second round pick, like that'd be amazing. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, Ryan Callahan, whatever. He's not even that bad for. Next, I mean, he's still got another year on his contract. Yeah. Not a good contract, but yeah. whatever. Next year, like given you know, given the Habs cap situation, like who cares? It, it, it really it really doesn't matter uh, to, to to go on. Like I wouldn't want it because uh, one of our buddies talking about like going to get Lucic for this type of deal but Lucic has so many years left then yeah. by the time the Canadians are competitive he's still on, on he's still a problem Callahan it's one extra year 5.8 not that big of a deal uh, I'd definitely make that that, that move if we could get like, a great move uh, a great just move. a small you know, a small return to, to let them get out of the cap make another move and then on top of that if it means Tampa Bay getting better so they can beat Toronto even more in the playoffs. That's that's, a, hey, that's, that's a little there extra you go. point of win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, aside from that, I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be an exciting couple of days. I mean, even I mean, you know, we're three days away from the trade deadline. Yeah, trade deadline is always very exciting. Yeah, already it's you know started. Yeah, but I, I'm, what, what I'm worried if we see this in the past is that there's going to be no moves on trade deadline day because they've all been happening before. The biggest piece already. Uh, Move today, yeah. So, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be that surprised. You probably see like a, a you know a, a couple of big moves over this weekend, and then yeah, exactly Monday. nothing happens yeah. on on Monday. So yeah, so we'll probably depending on what happens on Monday, we might do another episode to recap uh, what happened either on Monday or Tuesday to recap what happened. Uh, yeah, if the Habs do anything big, we can we can yeah, do that. Exactly, or really anything can do. We can do an episode on Monday. If not, I mean, I'll maybe do an episode on Tuesday or Wednesday, and uh, and yeah, like keep uh, keep. Following us on Twitter and uh, answer those polls that Dustin puts up. It it, it, it gives us good ideas of what to talk about. We love having that uh, the, that fan participation and uh, just tell us what you tell us what you want us to talk about. We we, we, we love hearing from you guys. All right, guys. So uh, thanks for listening. Again, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, and drop us a comment if you're listening on SoundCloud or drop us a comment and uh, follow us on Twitter at the Hats Forum.